have to be honest with you that my year has been very terrible. It's been horrible this year. It's probably been one of the worst years that I've ever had. And uh, particularly the first six months that both Nat and I have lost a parent uh, to my father passed away unexpectedly uh, to at the end of la- right at the end of last year, and uh, on the 31st of December, and uh, and uh, that was unexpected. He was a healthy man, and uh, and it was a shock to us. And only a few months later, uh, to Nat's mother had passed away uh, to, as she was battling cancer for a couple of years. And it's just when something like that happens, it's, it just really pulls you down. It's, a, it, it's like winter. You just want to go away and hide and, uh, and curl up. You don't want to, well, I don't anyway. I don't want to speak to anybody. I, I, I don't want to even be seen. But see, there's something different about us because of Christ. It's a faith that we have, a faith that makes us different, a faith that allows us whatever circumstance comes to us, even though through our grief and trial and hardship, that we can work through this, that we can overcome this, because we have a different faith, a faith that is uh, a powerful faith, an overcoming faith. And there will be things that will happen to us. Whether you know the reason for that or not, I don't think it really matters. It's because you are a follower of Jesus Christ that life is going to be hard for you. But we don't need to dwell within that because today is a day where we can just celebrate for all that Christ has done for us, that he has saved us, that he has restored our lives. He has taken our sin away uh, so we can celebrate in this place today because we have Christ in us. And so today, I want to talk about uh, to this whole thing about faith and trials and uh, out of 1 Peter. And so if you have your Bibles there, we're just going to go to, uh, to the first chapter in 1 Peter. You see, here, if you know anything about Peter, Peter was, uh, is often described as uh, to this, this uneducated fisherman, uh, to which when you read through his letters, you, you really aren't, I, can't, I can't explain how someone would think that Peter is very uneducated because there is something amazing and sharp as he writes about his experience. But Peter was not a foreigner to trial. And neither was Paul. If we read through the letters of Paul as well, that, you know, that, that constantly Paul just reflects upon the hardship that he had. But here Peter writes to the hurting Christians. He's speaking to those who are suffering, to those who are persecuted for following Jesus, suffering from many trials and hardship. You see, the thing is that we may not feel persecuted as many Christians around our world are going through persecution. But there is still a level of hardship that really hurts us, that we need to learn how we can go through. You see here, uh, Peter begins in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 1. He says this, This letter is from Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ. I'm writing to God's chosen people, who are living as foreigners. You know, here, right from the start of this letter, Peter is actually showing us that really that if we belong to Christ, that we are actually foreigners 
in this land that we are living in today. You see, really, the world is not for us because we have the greatest gift that has been given to us, that wonderful gift of eternal life. That's the, see, for us, it's the life after this life. But yet we're only just temporary here. As 1 Peter 1.17 says, And remember that the Heavenly Father, to whom you pray, has no favourites. He will judge or reward you according to what you do, so that you must live in reverent fear of Him during your time here as temporary residents. You know that there is some powerful words just, uh, to, just caught up into this passage of Scripture where uh, to, we must live in reverent fear of Him during your time as temporary residents. See, we must live differently. That we must stop blending in. And I, every time I, I reflect on this, uh, to, uh, I'm actually speaking about myself. You see, for me, uh, to, I'm, I'm more of a, an introvert. In fact, I, I, I prefer my own company than the company of large groups of people. I love blending in because I don't want to be seen to be different. Uh, to all through my school and uh, to life and, uh, and even uh, to the start of my work life, uh, to I would blend in. Uh, to I would not make a scene. Uh, to I, would, I would make sure that, that I'm just part of everybody there. But the more every year that goes by that I, that I follow Jesus, I understand that I cannot do that. I'm not talking about what your personality is today. I'm talking about the call that is upon your life, that we need to be able to step out of the comfort uh, to, of, our, uh, to, uh, of our own personality and making sure that whoever sees us will see Jesus, that we are Christ-like. But we must remember that we're, we're only temporary here. You see, so too often that we, we, we make all our decisions uh, to based upon our, our short life here on earth, which we have to make those decisions. But we mustn't forget of the eternal nature uh, to, that has been given to us, eternal life, the, he, the life after this life. So the decisions that we make mustn't be about the decisions that we make for now, but it's the decisions that we will make for the future for our eternal life, our, our, our life with God. And that is why uh, to Peter begins to talk about this living in this reverent fear of Him. That we must live in this uh, to reverent fear during our time as temporary residents. Let's have a look at these, the different faith that we must have in trials. You see, the difference we have as followers of Jesus is the way that we actually endure through hardship and see it in a different way. We are called to endure. In Acts chapter 14, in verse 22, it says that they encouraged them to continue in the faith, reminding them that we must suffer many hardships to enter the kingdom of God. You see here uh, to, the, uh, to Luke as he, as he uh, to writes Luke, uh, the Acts for us is reminding us 
than if we are following Jesus. So we must suffer many hardships. You see, Paul, as I said, was no stranger to these hardships. As Jesus told him, even right from that day when he was converted, that he will be suffering in the name of Jesus. And then as we read through his letters that we will see that and, to, and you understand the suffering that, uh, that he was. He was persecuted. Uh, to, he, had, he, he received uh, to greater hardships. He was in uh, to a circumstance that is just beyond my own imagination. He knew what it was to suffer. In Acts chapter 14, we see that Paul was arrested. It says here in verse 19, it says, Then some Jews arrived from Antioch and Iconium and won the crowds to their side. They stoned Paul and they dragged him out of town thinking he was dead. But the believers gathered around him and he got up and went back into the town. You see here that what, what we see here is just an amazing story of Paul. You see, when we are suffering through hardship and circumstance, let's not do it alone. You see, you see we belong to this wonderful family, this family of God, that we belong to one another. We are here to help each other. We are here to get alongside one another. You see, whatever we are suffering, that we shouldn't suffer alone. You know, here, the, the, the scripture is amazing that, that, that the, these people, the, they stoned Paul and they, they stoned him to the point that he was left lifeless upon the grounds, that he was beaten and they thought that he was dead and they just walked away from him. But what happened? The believers came around him and he got up. You see, that's why we need the church. That's why we need each other. That when the believers come around us, that allows us to not just stay lifeless upon the ground, but it allows us to get up. You see, for too many times when I go through a hardship, that I think that it's time to give up. The, tempting, the temptation is, is so real that when things get tough, we just don't want to do it anymore. When it hurts, we don't want that any longer. That we just want to just do away with it. Let's just give up. Let's just, let's just throw in the towel. Let's just walk away from it. See, this is why we need the church. This is why we need each other. So that when we all go through uh, to, at different times uh, to whatever hardship that we do, go through the circumstance that when we have people that love us and understand who we are, who are willing to come around us, that we, we get up again. You know, the, there is something powerful about the church. And it's, it's because of Christ, but it's because of you as well. It's because uh, to believers coming together as one, unified, uh, to caring for one another, loving each other. You see, when the temptation of giving up occurs, we must turn to someone that we can trust in, a believer who will come and love us and help us so that we can get up again. You see, our faith will always be tested. 
In 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 6, it says, So be truly glad. There is a wonderful joy ahead that even though you must endure many trials for a little while, these trials will show your faith is genuine. You see here, I'm glad that the scripture says for a little while because it's so hard at times, but these trials are there for a reason. It's to test your faith. It's to see if your faith is genuine. If you have this genuine faith, if there's genuine faith, there must be false faith. I think to help us to understand what genuine faith is, that we should know what false faith is. You see here, I think there are three things that, is, that you could categorize as false faith. The first false faith is inherited faith. Now I know about this because for me, uh, to, I grew up in the church. My mum and dad, uh, to, that they were believers when I was born. That they were always faithful in going to church and I would always go with them. And as I grew up, uh, to, that really I didn't know anything else other than just uh, to getting up early on a Sunday morning, uh, to getting my Sunday best on and going to church with mum and dad. Whatever meetings that they went to that I would go to. You see, there is this thing called inherited faith, which means that you don't actually have your own faith, that you're actually attached to the faith of somebody else. You need your own faith. You see, for, for me, that I had to come to a point uh, to, in my relationship with Jesus that I too had to say, Lord, I receive you today as my Lord and my Saviour, that I commit my life over to you. You see, when I, began, when I did that, it was now my faith. It was no longer the faith of my parents, even though that they wanted me to have uh, to my own faith, but sometimes... You know, that we can attach ourselves to people and really allow, use their faith being our faith. Let's not inherit faith. Let's have our own faith because that is what genuine faith is. There is shallow faith. You know, this is the type of faith uh, to, uh, is becoming too common in the life of the church. Shallow faith is like what Jesus described with the sower. Who sows seed? Remember that, that parable? He sows the seed, it takes the root, but then the worries of life, deceitfulness come. Uh, to, uh, to, uh, to, you begin to desire things outside the kingdom of God, that your faith is only as shallow as where the seed had fallen. And we've got to be careful that our, our, our faith is, is not just laying on the ground. But it needs to be a faith that is deep, a faith that is in us, so that when trials will come and circumstance will come, that we will learn how we can endure it. You know, I have seen so many people, people that I have loved that had shallow faith, that as soon as things got hard for them, whatever the circumstance was, that they gave up and they just went away from the Lord. You know, I grew up in the church and I just remember the youth group that I grew up in. It was a great youth group. It was a thriving youth group. But it was a youth group of shallow faith. 
Because when things happen, you know, there was a certain age uh, to, that my friends uh, to were turning and then they wanted to discover other things. That they wanted to do other things. They were influenced by other people. And we've got to be careful that our faith is not shallow. Conditional faith is a false faith. You know, that uh, to, I will believe as long as things will go my way. I will believe there's things that I'll go my way. You know that guy that uh, he's in the, in, in the middle of the storm and said, Lord, if you're real, send me the boat. You know, that's, it, that's, that's conditional faith. That's, that, that, that's really putting uh, to something out there saying, God, uh, to, I am not going to believe until you save me. That, that is conditional faith. Now, we know that God is mighty and He is sovereign and He has a plan. And sometimes uh, to, for somebody, uh, to, they have a real experience with God through what that situation is. But in our prayers, we've got to be careful that we do not put conditions on God. That, Lord, that I will not do something unless I see the answer to this prayer. That, Lord, I, I, I will not even talk to somebody until someone talks to me. You know, we don't put conditions on God. We must love God with all our heart, with all our soul, with all our mind, with all our strength. It's not about putting conditions on Him. You see, faith is not something based on our feelings. It's who we are. We must understand that. Too often we go by how we feel. And that's okay, that, uh, to, because uh, to, we all have feelings. We're all emotional people. But we can't get our faith caught up in this whole feeling thing. Because the way that I feel, if I went by that, uh, to, oh man, I probably wouldn't be standing here today. Because I understand it's faith who is who I am. If we decide every time whether we believe in God uh, to, due to the way that we feel, it's questionable if we really actually have faith. Avoid the false faith, but take on the genuine faith because it's the genuine faith that is actually going to help us be different in our trials. Let's have a look at this. There's just a couple of things that I just want to share with you about this faith that we have in trials. Trials will reveal your faith. In 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 7, it says that these trials will show that your faith is genuine. A faith that has been tested is a faith that can be trusted. In fact, that's, 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 that was Peter that when he had his faith tested, he, he even failed a little bit, but he was strengthened, he regrouped, and he redeemed himself. He made himself new, and he was completely transformed. We know this. Jesus said in Luke chapter 22, Simon, Simon, Satan has asked to sift you all as wheat but I have prayed for you Simon that your faith will not fail and when you have turned back strengthen your brothers 
You know, if we, if we read through the Gospels, that we would know that this was, this was Peter's nature. Peter had this, he had this ability to be able to just uh, to step out, but a lot of the time when he did step out, he would find himself uh, to doing the wrong thing. But yet, he learned from that. And Jesus was praying for him that his faith will not fail. You see, this is what the Lord, he, he, he wants this for all of us here in this room. That he, he wants our faith to not fail. You see, we, we don't serve a Lord that sets, a, sets us up to fail. We make decisions. We do things which sometimes it brings about a result of failing. But Jesus is praying for us. He's praying and believing that our faith will not fail. Peter was someone just like who we are. We go through our life, we're doing good things, and, and then for whatever reason, we say something, we do something that we wish we never told or did. Peter was far from perfect, and we are far from perfect also. But you see what happened to Peter? He ended up being the leader of the first church. He ended up being the one uh, to, that made those mistakes. He was the one that tested his faith. And then he was uh, to, given this wonderful opportunity to lead the first church. You see, God used the trials to strengthen Peter's faith to change him to who he was to become. In James chapter 1, verse 2, we know, probably know this one very well, where it says, To consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, that whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. You know, I've struggled with this verse for years. To consider it pure joy, whenever you face trials of many kinds. You see, I found it hard to understand what that really meant, that the hurt of a trial or a circumstance, it was hard to find this pure joy within it. But if we understand what the Lord is doing in our life, that we can begin to just express uh, to this Wonderful joy, this inexpressible joy when we face these trials. You know, we started singing a song in our church and uh, it was, a, it's, I think it's called, I, I think it's called Sing a Hallelujah. Sorry? Huh? Oh, ra raise a hallelujah. Yeah. Isn't it? But we, we sing hallelujah. Yeah. Raise a hallelujah. Man, when I heard that song for the first time, man, that really spoke to my heart. You know, in one, that that's what we must do. That when we are in the middle of a, of a trial, of a circumstance, the, far, the, the, the last thing on our mind is to raise a hallelujah. 
But we must do that. That we must begin to just, uh, to just focus on the Lord. That we must begin to raise a hallelujah. Because what happens is that we forget about the circumstance that we're in. That the trial uh, to, that we are facing. And we are focused upon God who is all-powerful. That he is everywhere. That he has the ability to take us uh, to, through the circumstance. You see, the thing is that sometimes we are praying the wrong thing. That we're praying that the circumstance will go, that the trial will go, the hardship will go. Uh, to, but, but God doesn't want us to be praying that. Uh, to, there will be a season that you will go through. But if we come and we focus on Him and raise this hallelujah, it became a real, it's a real battle song in our church where our church just begins to just uh, to cry out whatever we are facing, that we are believing that, uh, that God is going to be with us every step of the way uh, through everything that we are facing, through every circumstance that is before us. And I prayed in our church all the time. That, uh, I just thank the Lord that He is always with us and that He never leaves us and that He never forsakes us but for some reason that we get it in our head that we're alone in this that we get it in our head that uh, uh, to, that for whatever reason that God has left us but he has promised you that he will always be with you trials will reveal your faith and your faith is strengthened when we come and when we focus upon him and that's what the second one is that Trials will draw you closer to God. In 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 8, it says that you, you love God even though you have never seen Him. Though you do not see Him, you trust Him. And you rejoice with this glorious, inexpressible joy. The reward of trusting Him will be the salvation of your souls. This glorious, inexpressible joy. A joy that can only come from heaven. A joy for which we do not have the words uh, to, in our human vocabulary to adequately describe this heavenly emotion that settles our soul, that calms our mind, that gives us peace beyond our human ability to understand but even though you're grieving even though you're hurting even though that you're afraid even though it's dark that we can have this inexpressible joy we as Christians sure we hurt and we will cry and we will be in pain but we have this joy within us because Christ is in us and he will strengthen us so that we will see the day through and we will see the next day and the day after and the day after that. That we, when we come to church, that we don't want to just moan to everybody as soon as we come in, but we can uh, to share the way that we feel. And because the church loves each other, because we are unified as a church, that we come around one another so that we can get up again. We need each other and we need this faith that we have. And it comes through this inexpressible joy. The good news isn't that God saves us from our trials 
the good news is that God saves us from our sins. You will not be saved from your trial. You will go through it. That you will meet it and you will have to go through it to the end. Don't expect uh, to, that you will just be taken from that and you will never revisit it again. You will go through hardship. You see, this is what I was saying. We're praying the wrong thing sometimes. We're praying for the salvation of our trials. Why don't we be praying uh, to, uh, to giving thanks for the sin that has been forgiven? Because He has saved us. He has saved us from this world and has given us this wonderful eternal life. You know, in 1 Corinthians it says this, and this is actually a, a verse in the Message Bible, no test or temptation that comes your way is beyond the course of what others had to face. All you need to remember is that God will never let you down. All you need to remember is that God will never let you down. And don't let anyone convince you otherwise. Because God will never let you down. Because He loves us. He loves us so much. He loves us to the point that He gave up His one and only Son because He loved us. He will never let us down. That He gave us Jesus and who, who died upon the cross for us so that we will be saved. This doesn't describe to me of a God who lets people down. But for some reason that there are people out there in our world that they think that God has let them down because they're not getting what they want. That they're not understanding what they are going through. I don't want to go through it. I never want to go through it. I don't pray in the morning, Lord, send me the next trial because I am ready. I, do, I come and I pray and I celebrate being in the presence of God. But for whatever reason, life brings these things to, in front of us and we need to work through it. You see, this is what makes us different. Because people without Christ, they go down a very different path. They go down a path to where they're trying to find to the solution themselves. But we have Christ in us. And that is why it is just such a privilege and what a great honour it is that we, if you are a follower of Jesus, that you are a child of God. And being a child of God is an honour. Being a child of God is a great delight. Being a child of God is a privilege that we have, that we now have our Father in heaven. And I look forward to the day uh, to when, uh, to, that I uh, to, can be with my God and living this wonderful life of eternal life. You know, uh, to when I, every time I think about my father, uh, to my dad, he loved Jesus with all his heart. And one of the things that he used to talk so often about Every time that I would go and, 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 and be with him, uh, to, that he would regularly talk about this eternal life. I think he must have been secretly praying, Lord, just take me because I want to experience this life. 
I want to experience this life in the, in the kingdom of God. Uh, to, I want to experience this life that will just continue to go on and on and on. We miss Him so much. But we have this great confidence in our heart that because of His love for Jesus, because of this great gift of eternal life that He has, that he is there celebrating uh, to, among, uh, to all the other saints, uh, to just crying out this wonderful uh, to this, uh, experience of worship. He's probably there yelling out, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. This beautiful sound is what uh, to my father longed to be a part of. And yet he is there and we are here. But yet we mustn't give up because I know that we are here for a reason, that we are here for a purpose, that we are here to make Christ known to people who do not know him. And I know that sometimes we don't feel like it because of our trial. I know that sometimes that we don't feel like it any longer because of the circumstance that we're in. But if we understand that because Jesus is in us, that we can work through this, that the experience that we are going through, maybe that's the thing that will lead someone to Jesus Christ. We don't know, but we mustn't dis dismiss everything that is happening in our life, but embrace it. I know that it hurts. I know it's uncomfortable. But if we really know who we are in Christ, that we will be able to stand and be able to overcome this. So that when someone sees us in our workplaces, in our social groups, uh, to, down uh, to in, the, in, the, in the local supermarket, wherever we might find ourselves to be, let them see Christ in you. Let's stand as uh, maybe the musos can come. And I just want to just pray for us this morning. I want to pray for us that we must be different so that we can make a difference. Oh, Lord, we just thank you. Maybe let's just raise our hands this morning if we can. Let's just allow the Holy Spirit to just come and minister into our hearts just for this moment. You know, this is a message that is not just uh, singled out to uh, one or two people in this room. But th this is a message that we, we all go through. We, we all go through it. I know that some of us, there are different levels of hurt and different levels of hardship, different levels of circumstance. But regardless of the level, it, all, it, it is uncomfortable. It hurts. It's annoying. Oh, Holy Spirit, just minister into our hearts this morning. The God, that you will just strengthen our faith. You'll strengthen our faith, Lord. So that it'll have this inexpressible joy that will just come from us. That we can just come before you, Lord celebrating your wonderful name, claiming you as the King of kings and the Lord of lords.
declaring that you are the God that never leaves us, nor will you forsake us. And Lord, I pray, Lord, for every person here in this room, that God, that whatever the struggle is that we are going through, Lord, the one that we are in, or the one that is about to come, oh Lord, help us not give up on you. Help us to stay strong, Lord. Lord, I just pray that, Father, that there will just be something different about us. Something different and amazing that people will see in us. Those that, Lord, that do not know Jesus, when they see us going through a, a hurt, Lord, let it be that, Lord, that they will not just see the pain that we're in, but, God, that they will see Christ in us. And I pray that, God, that for us as Christians, the Lord, that as we continue to serve you with all of our heart, and God, I pray that, Lord, that we will just, Lord, continue to declare that we are overcomers, that, Lord, that we are victorious, that, Lord, that we are strong Amen. because of you, that, Lord, that we will not allow these things to pull us down, but, Lord, that we will stand up and, Lord, that we will just continue to raise that hallelujah to you, Lord. That we will just declare, Lord, your goodness. Lord, that we will just declare your power. Lord, that we will just declare your might. Lord, in all these things, that Lord, that we face. That, Lord, I pray that, Father, that you will stir our hearts in such a way. That, Lord, that when we come, that, Lord, that we will not dwell upon these things. That, Lord, that are bringing us down. But Lord, I pray that God, that you would just remind us that God, that we need to speak into this thing. The Lord, that we just need to just claim the victory that is ours. The Lord, that we will just continue to, Lord, just proclaim that we are the overcomers. And so Lord, I pray, Father, for every person in this room today, that God, that you would just bless them abundantly, Lord. Come upon them in such a great way. The Lord, that they will know without a doubt, the Lord, that you are there helping every step of the way. Oh God, we just praise you and just, we just magnify your name. Let's just begin to just cry out if we can, just in a moment. Let's just, let's just begin to shout praise to our Lord this morning. Let's just raise that hallelujah today. God, we just magnify your name. You are the King of kings and the Lord of lords. The Lord, that whatever problem that you're facing, let's just begin to cry out, God, you are so good to me. You are amazing. You are the mighty God. Oh, Jesus, we just cry out your name. We just proclaim your name. Oh, we just glorify you, Lord. We just magnify you today. Lord, we just praise you and we thank you for all that you have done for us. We just glorify you in a way that, Lord, that you will be honoured. That, Lord, that you will just be magnified. That you will just be exalted. Oh, Lord, we just glorify you in this place today with our praise. That, Lord, that we just continue to declare that, Jesus, you are my Lord and my Saviour. And, Lord, we just thank you for all that you have done for us. Thank you, Lord. What a great message. Thank you, Jesus. I was going to say, as, as David was coming, 
I was going to say, uh, I know what a year he's had, and I thought, no, I won't go there because that's not my testimony to tell. But I just know that this is this surely has been a really difficult year for these guys, and I just thank you for you for coming today. I I was concerned for you guys that day. I stopped for coffee. I was also just wanted to know how you're doing, <laughs> and that's because they shared their heart. They shared their struggle with me earlier in the year, and and let's. Follow that example. Share the burdens on our heart. Share the things that we're going through. If you need prayer this morning and you'd like someone else to continue to pray with you, please come as we sing this last song. And uh, God bless you just as you open yourself up to Him. Don't try and do it on your own. Call out to Him. Cry out to Him. Ask Him to come and work in you.